0: IVM. Hello, welcome, Khusham You're listening to The Note with me, Mahro Khinaid. I'm starting a special series on The Note titled Unlocking India 1.0, a series of conversations with experts across different sectors on how India can truly get into the next phase in this pandemic. The first in this series is a very, very special guest. He's a sports historian and somebody who knows exactly what is happening in the corridors of sports. Not just in India, but internationally. My guest this week is Boria Majumdar. Borya,
1: thank you so much for joining me on The Note. You know... Um... First of all, um, I'm here in Mumbai, and as you know, we're going through uh, the cyclone right now, which is something that you have gone through, and I saw you extremely vocal on social media. How are things there on the ground?
2: See, things are functional now. Having said that, uh, I'm in the city, just like you are. So, obviously, the cities will become functional far quicker than suburban Bengal or the villages. Uh, north and South 24, parganas or Nittapur, there are still serious problems. there are you know villages which have been completely wiped out. saline water has come into the into the into the village so farming communities are in real trouble mm-hmm. and these things these things will take time i mean it is not going to be overnight that we can solve them, which is why it is a time where you know national solidarity and uh, you know global solidarity is required both for Mumbai what you are going through today with Nishorgo and we went through with Amfa. It it is important that the country comes together because, as I said, you just mentioned mentioned electricity. Anyone who is listening to this, over the next few days, you will have erratic phone connections. You will. You will have erratic water connections. You will. I can Mm -hmm. tell you this. So please keep basics at hand. Candles, water. If you have electricity backup, Mm -hmm. charge your phones. Keep batteries ready, torches ready. Because these are absolute essentials for the next couple of days. That's
1: uh, that's valuable advice. Thanks so much for that, Boria. And really, what a year 2020 been has been. You know, honestly, started with so much promise. We've had a pandemic. We've had a lockdown. We're seeing cyclones, and obviously, with a person of your expertise and knowledge, um, I'm I'm going to focus this conversation with you on sports. And I know it's a huge, huge task to cover all sports in the country and where they stand. Uh, but let's start with cricket. Explain to our listeners, Borea, how the economics of cricket works and how the stoppage of live cricket really has hit the game prospects in these uh, lockdown times and in this pandemic.
2: See, this is the first time in my life of 44 years that live sport has come to a standstill. First time. I mean, so far, even during the Second World War, in some part of the world, sport did continue. Yes, the Olympic Games was cancelled in 1940, and as it happened, it was Japan. So their Olympics continue to be cursed. Uh, my colleague Sandra Collins actually did a book in my series, Sport of the Global Society, the cancelled Tokyo Games. But uh, this is the first time that sport has come together, come to a standstill in every part of the world. Cricket is what you asked me. How does the economy of sport work? It works at three levels. What are the sources of income? One, live broadcast. Two, Mm -hmm. title sponsorship and insidious sponsorship rights. Three gate receipts. Why did I say in that order? Because that's how the hierarchy is. So if you are able to do, why is German uh, football league happening? Because they know that with title title sponsorship rights and television rights, you can still manage. Because that's where the bulk of the revenue comes from. Simple example, take the IPL. Uh The BCCI stands to lose 3,300 crores if the IPL is not held this year. That wow. is only from TV rights. Mm-hmm. 600 crores from title sponsorship rights. And 5% more from GFCs. So frankly, if the IPL is held behind closed doors, mm-hmm. so without a single fan, the BCCA still stands to earn 4,000 crore rupees. Okay? That yeah. is as, as, as simple. So, Which is why you can understand that everywhere in every part of the world, what you want at this point in time is for sport to resume in a bio-bubble, in a bio-safety environment, in as, you know, as uh, secure an environment as possible. Because given that you have existing television deals, given you have existing sponsorship deals, you will be able to ride over. If sport continues to sort of not happen, then the whole economy of sport, and here when I say an economy of sport, it is multi-multi-billion dollars. Take Tokyo Games, you will understand it's $37 billion that's riding on one of these games. So that is the extent to which the the you know the sporting economy will suffer if there is no sport in the rest of the year. Finally, to add to cricket, you know I know for a fact that multiple plans are already afoot. Uh, if the virus situation is under control, firstly bilateral cricket is starting in England next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, India tour of Australia is now almost a formality because the virus situation in Australia is under control. If the virus situation in India is under control, which all of us expect, fingers crossed, it should be then there is a serious possibility that the IPL will happen in October. I'll be behind closed doors. You've answered a lot of my questions
1: with that one answer. But uh, where where do cricketers stand in all of this? You are uh, friends with most of them. You know them very well. You've seen them play. You've seen them grow. Are they worried about going back on the field? See,
2: if I say that they are not worried, then that's a lie. Having said that, uh, I think the... The eagerness to go back and resume playing uh, will perhaps uh, sort of out, uh, you know, it, it'll outdo the worry. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are also performers and professionals, and they also need to move on with their lives. They know that uh, to a degree in biosafety environments, they can go back because there is example uh, now in the world, England, for example, which wasn't the best country as far as the pandemic is concerned. They are starting cricket. Australia, their national team has already started to practice. Sri Lanka, they have started to practice. Now, I'll give you a couple of examples from players I've spoken to. I was mm-hmm. speaking to the Indian bowling coach yesterday. So, he said, yes, we will We will obviously make some changes. For example, the bowlers will not use saliva. They will not. Right. The bowlers will only use sweat. And that, too, we will have to examine to what extent. So, they will adapt to the new normal. And this is the new normal that you can't use saliva. Uh, as and when there is a national, national consensus that, okay, it is now safe to come together for training, which I'm told will be August for the Indian cricket team. Mm-hmm. They will wait for another month maximum. Uh-huh. Other sports have started training, and individually players have started to train. That I can tell you. Individually players have started to train. Frankly, to, to answer the question very bluntly, will the players come together and play cricket for India, uh, despite there being 1% or 2% of, uh, you know, sort of still the, the risk element involved? Yes, they will. They will because they also know that uh, 100% assurance is impossible at this point in time. But as long as, as long as they are given certain protection, for example, there will be testing. For example, there will be certain precautions and rules put in place as far as social distancing, as far as norms, no saliva. Uh, uh, a lot of the rules that the ICC has failed, uh-huh. all the cricketers, I can guarantee to you. All the cricketers will want to come together and start.
1: Well, I think that's going to be excellent news for all cricket lovers in the country. But I just wanted to look at the economy of the uh, of the game, as you mentioned in the beginning. Uh, We know that India is a big cricketing nation. What happens for smaller cricketing countries like Sri Lanka, like Bangladesh, like in Afghanistan? Will the ICC play a role? These countries are already suffering uh, because of the pandemic. They're low on funds. How does the ICC play a role in keeping the sport revived and alive in these countries? See,
2: that is, it's a very important question. And, and that is where the World Cup becomes of crucial importance. Because, the, you know, ICC is not like the International Olympic Committee that is sort of seriously flush with funds. Yes, it has funds. Having said that, at the core of this this, this funding process, the World Cup, because that's where the money comes from. That's where the television rights uh, revenue comes from. So if a World Cup gets canceled, which is why, if you see, there is every effort on to ensure that the World Cup is canceled. Yes, it will be postponed. Mm-hmm. My information is there is every likelihood that the 2020 World Cup, which was supposed to be held in October, will get postponed, but it won't get cancelled. So, what's, what's going to happen? My sources tell me that in 2021 there is already a World Cup scheduled in India. Right. 2022 was a clear year, it's a blank year. Uh-huh. So this World Cup of 2020 will perhaps get pushed back to 22. So, in effect, you will have a World Cup in 21, a World Cup in 22, and a World Cup in 23. By doing that, you are actually able to keep your finances intact. The mm. second reason where, uh, why you want this World Cup is because the reason you said smaller countries, associate member countries can get funded from the ICC tournament. There's a second layer here. This layer is about, you mentioned the country Sri Lanka, you mentioned right. the country Afghanistan, mm-hmm. but they also play bilateral cricket. So for example, if an India tour of Sri Lanka happens, that's a bit of a windfall. If an Australia tour of Sri Lanka happens, that's also reasonable money. So to a degree, bilateral cricket or bilateral contests also need to resume. Again, they can be closed doors. But every country has its own telecast deals, mm-hmm. its own title sponsorship deals with individual sponsors. So while at one level it is the responsibility of the ICC to keep the cricket economy going, it is also at the level of individual boards, BCCI, Sri Lankan Cricket, Australian Cricket, ECB, to keep their own economies going. And I think every board is already making contingency plans. For me, what is also important, uh, Maruk, and I want to stress this, is what happens to age group cricket? What happens to that level? What happens to the groundsman? What happens to the club? Absolutely, the I was coming to, to that. Me. Yes. So that's where the problem is. The problem is not the elite high-performance sportsman. The problem is the participatory sportsman. That is where the economy has taken a serious hit. For example, when I go to a para club in Calcutta, I see they're struggling. Where are they going to get their money from? Will the board subsidize Absolutely. Will there be effort? Frankly, that's where I think a lot more work has to happen. But, I mean, I know, for example, tennis, they were trying to come up with a policy where, you know, somebody who's numbered 700 in the world mm. will get some kind of assistance. In the case of India, I can tell you that the BCCI will take care of Ranji Trophy teams, will take care of IPL, will take care of national teams. Will I and, and and that's a fact. And here, when I say national, I say both men and women. It is no longer the case that the women, you know, the women's cricket will not get funded. Thankfully, it? at that. Because Thankfully, at absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 now it is no longer that. Okay, it's a gender domain and only male cricket. That's not going to be the case. Having said that, because there's a big women's World Cup coming up early next year, and I'm pretty sure that that World Cup will happen because at this point in time New Zealand is clear and, and and all they will need is a 14-day quarantine They will, and it's only an eight-team tournament. It's not a 16-team tournament. Mm-hmm. My sources tell me they will take the teams uh, 14 days in advance. So all you need to do is instead of going five days in advance, you go 14 days in advance. That's all okay. you need to do. You have okay. to get tested and, and, and play the World Cup. The moment you do that, the women's, sport, the women's cricket economy keeps going. So that will happen. Now where I'm worried is the club level. Take Bombay where you are, I mean, there are, there are multiple clubs, there are multiple structures, can take, He kept going, what is the plan of a, say, Mumbai Cricket Association? Have they got plans in place? For example, when the, when the cyclone ravaged a lot of the Maidan clubs, I did see the Cricket Association of Bengal put an umbrella plan in place. Mm-hmm. But that was an ad hoc plan. I don't think that was a conscious plan, but that was only for the cyclone. Is there a plan for COVID? Is there a plan there for the junior level, under seventeen, under fifteen, under and, thirteen? Uh,
1: under and Boria, isn't is those are future sports people, sports persons, men and women who need that encouragement and that might be a big big void as you mentioned. And I I want to not just talk about the smaller clubs. I also want to talk about other sports very very briefly. I want to move to hockey. National sports, over the years, we've heard of the comparison between cricket and hockey. And, the, you know, hockey always getting the stepmotherly treatment. Uh, are we going to see a further fall? Not just in men's hockey, but women's hockey as well. How deep a fall or how steep a fall is it going to be for hockey, according to you?
2: You know, I, I will surprise you when I say this. I mean, actually, hockey is one of the best-governed sporting associations in the country. Mm I mean, that is the truth. I mean, and and, and I'm not exaggerating. That is the truth. I mean, over the last few years, at least, if you see the way India has organized multiple international tournaments in Bhubaneshwar, Odisha has become the hockey capital in that sense under Naveen Patnaik and some of the, some of the administrators there under Narendra Batra, who's the president of the International Hockey Federation also. Mm -hmm. You know, hockey India has actually taken significant steps towards professionalism. Mm-hmm. I can tell you on record that I was actually having a chat with Dr. Batra about three or four days back. Uh-huh. And Hockey India has a plan in place. They have reached out to people. They have reached out to their to their elite players and to their next rung players. When will tournaments start? I think local tournaments. Uh, I think will start around September, as in club tournaments. Say, Bombay will have its own. Akata might have its own. Delhi might have its own as long as the local situation is under control, international tournaments, and here's Dr. Batra speaking, on me, international tournaments, as far as hockey is concerned, I think are now in place, or a plan is in place from January of 2021. So they have made plans. Hockey India has tested all its employees. Okay. Two people tested positive, they closed down the office, they are sanitizing it, they put people in quarantine, they will, they will restart. Okay. So there is a degree of professionalism there. Where I am more worried is some of the associations which are not professionally run. Some of the associations for contact sports, wrestling, boxing. So, are these associations ready to get their athletes back? Yes, there is a national SOP, but I don't think one, one size fits all. Contact sports and not contact, you know, sort of so cricket. Cricket mm-hmm. is a non-contact sport. Right. Comparatively, boxing or wrestling or badminton is a non-contact sport. I think each sport will have its own challenges and own difficulties to deal with. And mm-hmm. that is where more planning by the Sports Authority of India, by the ministry, uh, will be needed. Kiran Rijiju has already made an SOP. He circulated it to the elite. He's he in constant touch with the sports ministry. So India has done some reasonably good model work. Having said that, you need to go into micro-detailing. I think some associations which are not well-run, which are still very ad hoc and unprofessional, mm-hmm. and, and have financial issues, will struggle.
1: Uh, You know, you talk about other sports and I'm glad you brought all these aspects and I see so many headlines and what uh, you have spoken in this conversation. Uh, I want to talk about the Olympics. Japan remained stubborn for a while, finally gave in. We've seen a postponement. Does this postponement help the prospects of Indian athletes? Do they get more time? Or will they now get less resources to train uh, with because the first and Possibly the biggest uh, challenge before the government is COVID-19 and uh, it's ramification.
2: See, there is absolutely no two ways about it that the biggest challenge is COVID. Having said that, you've already asked your elite athletes to come back and train. You've done that. Mm -hmm. And here India is not alone. Every country is in the same boat. You might say that uh, some countries are ahead like China. They've got it under control so their athletes can start training and they will be in a better position. But that's something that you and I can't control. Having said that, I mean, uh, if you are in in a, in a top zone now and mental equilibrium or physical equilibrium now, will that make you you know sort of in the best possible space come Tokyo in 2021? July maybe not. Mm-hmm. So all you need is all you need is India to have the pandemic under control by the end of the year. The end of the year, which uh, is a realistic proposition by every year actually, for your elite athletes to start real training for the Olympic Games. The ones who have qualified. They are already there. Uh And then here, by the way, Maru, let's please also include para-athletes because we are both sensitive to disability and that's a significant chunk of medals that will come India's way. I'm hopeful of Paralympics next year. So I'm I'm actually putting it on record on your show that I expect 15 medals from the Paralympics if it does happen in 2021, which will be a 300% jump compared to the four that we got in Rio. Okay? So that's as significant as that. Having said that, As long as there is competition that is starting from January, I think Indian athletes should be okay. The IOA and the sports ministry are conscious of the fact that you've got to take the elite athletes in confidence and you've got to look after them, given that they've already qualified. And some which will qualify, who will qualify, will have to play qualifiers towards the end of the year. You've got to nurture them and ensure that they don't fall prey to any kind of health insecurity or health issues. Okay. That's a very very important challenge that we need to do. So, coming to the Olympic Games, I'm actually quite hopeful because one, uh, if you see in Japan, they've already raised their emergency and taken it out and all that. Uh, one year down the line, I'm actually very hopeful of some kind of therapy or some kind of vaccine. And here I will tell you something very radical. Okay, I'm suggesting this. I mean, I don't. This can be controversial, but so be it. Tokyo at this point in time, if it happens, will be the single biggest human congregation of positivity. And Olympic Games is like that. 206 nations coming together, bigger than the United Nations, will basically give a signal to the world that, okay, we are beyond COVID. If it can be organized, that is, okay? Right. So my point is, you do everything possible to make it happen. Now, mm-hmm. why am I saying this and how can you do that? I'm saying, provided you have a jab, a vaccine by the first quarter of next year, which is at this point in time looking very very. Well, very real. There is a significant debate going on who receives the first few jabs. Mm-hmm. Few million, few hundred million, couple of billion, etc. On the one hand, you have Tokyo with 36 $37 billion at stake, right? A country like Japan at stake, because if it doesn't happen, the country's economy will be in tatters. Mm-hmm. 206 countries at stake. Then Olympic Games, as I said, is a massive human festival. Can there be a deal between the International Olympic Committee and the WHO whereby... Any stakeholder for Tokyo, so if Maru Kinayat is covering Tokyo as media, you are an athlete, you are a stakeholder, you are a sponsor, you are a a broadcaster. Can they be treated as frontline workers and be be given the chance to protect Tokyo? I think it's a very real possibility that the IOC should explore because you are talking about 200,000 people. 200,000 people can give joy to 206 countries and maybe save... $40 40 billion dollars is I, that I, worth something i think
1: that's a uh, that's a fantabulous idea and i just want to tell my listeners that if there is any thing happening in the corridors of uh, sports in the power corridors of sports not just in india but internationally mr boria majumdar would most likely, we know uh, be in the know of it. I just wanted to give my uh, listeners a sense of it. Uh, no,
2: and I don't want to say more, Maruk. I'll say one statement there was a meeting between Dr. Tedros and Thomas Bach earlier this month. Okay, let's leave it at that.
1: All right, uh, Boria, um. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for your insights. As always, a sports historian, Boria is a cricketing expert. He knows about pretty much every sport there is in the country, not just where it is today, uh, the history of it, individual players, and an insider as well as somebody who has the fortitude and the perspective to look at the game from an outside perspective as well. Boria Majumdar for being on the note with me. Thank you so much.
2: Pleasure. As always, I mean, it was great to talk to you and on a day uh, where, uh, you know, it was so good to hear your voice. All I will say is stay safe from COVID. More power to you, more power to our voice. See you soon.
0: More power to you too, Boria. Thank you so much. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or IVMPodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at the rate IVM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm Mahru Khenayat on Twitter and Mahru Khenayat on Instagram as well.